especially being an athlete, I think there's an interesting intersection between sports where, especially professional sports, we think of athletes being the epitome of the perfect body or the able body and kind of how that intersects or differs sometimes from what we think of disability. We don't really create a world or an environment that cares about people with disabilities. chat with the lovely multi-hyphenated Haley Lucas. Haley is not only a full-time professional soccer or football player, depending on which term you like to use, who plays for Ferran Schwarzee. Nice, beautiful. Thank you. Torna, probably first division club based in Hungary, but she's also an author and mentors young aspiring female footballers or athletes with the organization Female Footballers. Haley, it's a pleasure to be chatting with you today. I know I forgot like many more of your achievements, but, but yeah, like going back to the multi-hyphenated aspect of you, I'm excited to chat with you about issues you care about. So we can start there. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Did a great job. Um, first off, uh, yeah. So I play um, professional soccer right now in Budapest, Hungary. Um, this is my fourth season playing professionally. I was a student athlete at UC Berkeley in California, um, and grew up in the Bay Area. So I think being part of being involved in other things off the pitch comes from kind of that background I got at UC Berkeley and the kind of commitment to service um, that is instilled in us and also being involved in other organizations based in the U.S. Um, kind of gives me an opportunity to stay connected to home and do the things that I'm passionate about outside of soccer. Yeah, and I think that sometimes as fans, we tend to forget that athletes and the people that we look up to are human too and they have lives. Um, both on and off the pitch, and there are things that they care about. So with that being said, what are some issues that you are passionate about and that you're fighting for? The big things that I've always been passionate about are mentorship in terms of um, mentoring young players. Um, specifically, I work with an organization called Female Footballers that provides that mentorship to young female athletes. Um, I think mentorship in general is important for any type of person, athlete, male, female, um, gender non-conforming, but I'm specifically growing leaders in our community. I think for me, being able to look up to some of my mentors, whether that's athletically or professionally, those are people that um, have given their time back to um, helping people be the best version of themselves. And that's something that I care about and want to do for younger players and um, students as well. So that's something I've been involved with from female footballers, as well as I work with um, Cal Sports Marketing Club, which is essentially Cal student athletes who are interested in business and sports marketing. I'm kind of their alumni advisor. So that's kind of on the mentorship side. And then since I was young, probably sixth or seventh grade, I've been volunteering with Special Olympics um, through National Charity League and then on my own in college. So I've gotten pretty um, involved in terms of caring about disability rights advocacy. I studied disability studies at Cal um, and it's something that I care a lot about. So 
especially being an athlete, I think there's an interesting intersection between sports where, especially professional sports, we think of athletes being the epitome of the perfect body or the able body and kind of how that intersects or differs sometimes from what we think of disability. How would you define activism, especially being an athlete? Do you find that it's hard to call yourself an activist or does your job maybe like limit you in um, regarding activism? For me, not so much. I wonder if I was maybe more high profile of a person, if that would maybe make a difference. But I think that athletes, especially now have a unique opportunity. And it seems like activism is a lot more of a, not a responsibility, but something that you can take on. Um, being a public figure or someone who has influence in the community. So for me, activism is being able to be a voice for other people. It's of course what I, it may be what I care about specifically, but it's not to advance my own um, goals and whatnot, but to maybe be a voice for other people or issues that um, need to have light uh, shed on them. And I love what you said there, like using your platform to help amplify the voices of others. So in what other ways has your career impacted your viewpoint on advocacy or how you define advocacy? I think a big thing, especially now it's coming to light with kind of the issues in NWSL and different issues in leagues abroad is that there's actually a lot of advocacy issues relevant. We know we always talk about like equal pay and those um, sorts of things, which definitely need attention, but some of like the quality control and the work conditions within women's sports and especially women's soccer right now. I think those are things that we can continue to talk about and have conversations like conversations like these and things we do at female footballers are just kind of talking about these issues as a very easy form of advocacy and just kind of continuing to think about it because these are issues that I've not always thought about, especially when I was in college. There were definitely issues happening in college athletics, but I think as you become um, more aware of what's going on being in that system, you want to kind of help change it and make it better for the next generation of players, or it can be in other industries as well. Yeah, and that leads into my next question of how you see soccer or football being able to help amplify or spark change regarding the issues that you care about? It's hard to be the first person to say things. For me specifically, I think that the dis- the disability discourse um, is kind of twofold. Working with people with disabilities that might not be able to play sports at the highest level, but also we've been talking about a lot about like Simone Biles and these mental health issues or um, different things and hidden disabilities that players are dealing with and kind of talking about that more regularly um, is going to continue to make a difference. But I think that within the sport, there's a lot of room to continue to grow, but we're lucky that people feel more comfortable talking about these issues. Um, And very fortunate, like with the NWSL incidents that people are, it's hard to be the first person to talk about really tough issues because as we've seen in the past, you get penalized for coming out and talking about these things, Colin Kaepernick and plenty of other examples. Um, 
So I think now that a lot of people have kind of taken that brave step of talking about an issue, we can really push forward to make it more inclusive, whatever that topic is. For me, um, people talking about mental health, it's been a really big step in the right direction for disability rights. But I do think that it's still an area that doesn't get talked about a lot. We think about like a sociology class where you talk about race, you talk about gender, you talk about age, but disabilities rarely covered um, in these courses because we don't really create a world or an environment that cares about people with disabilities. I totally agree. And I, I think that also leads into my next question. I know it's a big question and a lot to put on you, but I hope that those that who decide to watch this, they can start to think about the ways in which they can help this issue and bring more awareness to it. But how do you think soccer, have it be fans or players, can be a more accessible and equitable sport for all? First part is like just talking about, it. I think what I mentioned, like making it an open space for communication. I think it is getting better, but I do think in general, there's a mentality specifically with disability and injury and all that, that it is very common and looked highly upon to play through injury to be strong, to go beyond your physical mental limitations, which I do think there's a time and a place for those kind of things. And like, you need to be physically strong and mentally tough, but I do think that it at some point goes too far and having an environment and a culture within sports organizations to say, we're going to take care of your health first and prioritize you. And that doesn't even have to be someone with a disability. It's just taking care of someone's body when they're injured and not putting them back on the field too quickly is even just changing that idea. For me in my career, since I was a youth, I've played through sprained ankles and like torn ligaments and stuff like that when maybe I didn't have to. And why was I doing that? Where now, like most recently on my team, when I played in France, I played through a quad tear and the, it's kind of a terrible medical situation in terms of how they handled it. But there was a lot of pressure to return to the field too soon. And I still am having issues with related to that injury now and things all probably cracks and soreness and stuff I'll take with me for like the rest of my life. So, which plays into that kind of disability problem of I'm pretty lucky, but there are plenty of people who've had career ending injuries because of that, whose health is maybe somewhat compromised for the rest of their life. So there's a lot of overlap in that way, but I think it's establishing a culture that says, take care of your body, take care of your mind and that kind of stuff, which I think is getting better, um, mental health resources specifically. But I think overall, it's just kind of a change in mentality that fans, players, and especially organizations need. Yeah, most definitely. And then my last question for you is how can others support you your mission, the issues that you care about, even female footballers, and where can they find you to learn more about you and follow you in your uh, career path? I think the easiest place to find me is either on LinkedIn, um, where I kind of talk a lot about these issues, such as Haley Lucas, Lucas with a K, um, and then on Instagram as well, which is just Haley Lucas. But um, the where I'm putting most of the energy right now in terms of mentorship and talking about issues related to female um, sports is female footballers. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or we have a website, but we're really dedicated to 
um, providing mentorship for college athletes, for youth athletes, um, and just having difficult conversations. And I think that is something that has become easier for people to kind of talk about different issues, but um, doing it in a way that brings people in and makes people want to kind of continue to talk about stuff. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and this week we are really excited to bring you something slightly different. Last night, the women's national team had a friendly against Columbia, and we saw Carson Pickett get her first cap with the U.S. women's national team. Carson Pickett is the first player ever to get a cap for the women's national team with a limb difference. We had our own chief operating officer, Haley Lucas, interviewed about a month ago with Horizon Starwood all about disability rights, activism in sport, and accessibility. So please enjoy this week's episode.